0: Line, live righteously. It's time for another episode of the cultural hall. I want to call it a temple ticker because Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself joining me here to talk about temples and we'll do that. But I imagine the uh, lion's share of the time that we will chat today will be about the 36 new missions uh, that were announced by the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I don't have a, a, a creative alliteration for 36 new missions yet. Right. Right like wishing for a mission or I uh, that's not alliteration. That's just a rhyming scheme. I digress, Corey. How are you?
1: Doing well. Good, good try with them.
0: And it's, it's, it'll come to me or someone will email us, contact at the cultural com, and they'll say, oh, you know what you should call it, but here's the deal. Why are we calling it? I can't imagine that next week there's going to be another 40 missions. And then, you know, in six months time, another amount of missions. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a crap ton of missions. I can't imagine we're doing this all the time
1: um happens yeah, only gosh. once a year.
0: I I yeah. Do you think it's going to be that regular?
1: Uh I mean they they every year there's an announcement on what missions are opening and closing. And so this is just this year for 2024.
0: Well, and but normally it's like and the Ohio Cleveland mission is being absorbed into the you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan and the uh <laughs> you know, Cincinnati, Ohio mission and you're like, "Okay, it's not and we're dividing up all these places and, you know, all the... You know what? Actually, let's just do the the uh, mission stuff first and then we'll do the temple later. So, sorry, temple fans. We'll get there. Uh, but just like the people that are waiting for you to do their temple work, go to the temple. We're going to do that later. Let's do uh, mission stuff first.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. So, um, the church kind of had a... I would say kind of like a public event where they invited the media and everything to make this announcement. Um, they say that the... Basically, the increase um, in missionaries since the pandemic started to wane um, has necessitated 36 more missions to be organized. Um, So just to give some perspective, at the end of 2021, there was about 56,000. By the end of 2022, we were at um, about 62,000. And then today we're now at 73,000. And I think they're expecting it to go up just a little bit more than that. And
0: those still aren't numbers that are as high as when President Monson made the age change, right? There was that huge, like 83,000 or something like that. And then it sort of waned. And then now it's starting to wax up again.
1: Yeah, by the end of uh, 2014, there was 85,000 missionaries. And in 2013, they announced that they were going to create 58 new missions. So Hmm. this announcement of new missions is the second most that have ever been created in one year.
0: But unique Um, ones in in, in this
1: lot that I went
0: that's interesting. I don't know that I would have thought that that would have been when we're thinking about new missions of the church.
1: Yeah. The location of a mission reflects, I guess where the church wants to put resources, how many, how many missionaries in what areas they want to put. Um, Just to give some perspective, when there was those 58 new missions in 2013 announced that brought the total up to 405 missions. And then in 2015, it peaked at 411. So, um, Back then, you had about 210 missionaries per mission in 2014. Um, and then today, with or yeah, with this announcement in 2024, there'll be about 160. Uh, even though there'll be, there'll be more missions than there was, um, the missionaries per mission will be down at 160. So I think um, something that I mentioned in the news release is that they, they want more interaction between missionaries, mission presidents, and um, the ward level. And so I think this will um, help with that. I know a lot of um, young people appreciate having a mentor like a mission president and Mm -hmm. his wife to help them. And so just having that number be a little bit lower just gives them more freedom to do that.
0: Well, I mean, I I equate it straight across the board with like, think about your teachers. And like when teachers have 43 kids in the classroom, it's like, what kind of instruction is the kid in a 43 kid classroom getting? (laughs) <laughs> oh, a thirty kid classroom. I mean, that's still way too many. Any educator would tell you, but it's one third less the, uh, the you know the other folks that are getting the attention. And you're able to do that. I I I think it's um it, it's it seems way more manageable on behalf of these people that are coming in for three years to be a mission president, likely have never done it before. You know, to be able to get a manageable in the 100s amount of people to go, okay, I can learn names like that. Just names alone, even though you get the gimme of sister and elder are the first names of everybody, you still are having to learn the last names of, you know, 160, 200 people previously. Now we're making it a little bit less. So manageable. I get that. I get that perspective of it.
1: So yeah, well things are true. The number of missionaries is rising a little bit more than the average um, and the... Um, yeah, the church is just trying to provide more resources to missionaries, which I think is probably a good thing.
0: So 450 in total. uh, Let's get into the ones that are reopening. By the way, spoiler, Ohio, Cleveland, not reopening. (laughs) Apparently all the ones that Joseph Smith had uh, had chosen in in heaven had already served, and so they closed it. That was always the thing that we told ourselves. Nice. (laughs) If you served in the Ohio, Cleveland mission, you were hand-selected In the pre-existence, in your pre-existence by Joseph Smith to serve there.
1: Yeah, um, the California Modesto mission reopening. It was actually one of those new missions back in, I think, 2015. And it was only open for a brief period, two years, and then they discontinued it. But it's back from the ashes. And then also reopening Tallahassee, Florida, Salt Lake City East, Sunday, Japan, Hamburg, Germany, and Porto, Portugal. Which I think the Porto mission in Portugal has been opened and closed like three times. So it's back again.
0: I would imagine it's it's kind of like, uh, and do you, remind me where you served your mission?
1: In Mexico, Cancun Mission.
0: So did you have uh, like um, areas in uh, Cancun where when you had a lot of missionaries, they would open it, and then when there were n- not enough, they would sort of close it? It seems very much like that. I can remember areas in the Cleveland area where it's like, when well, we've got a bunch of elders, we're going to open up that second Chardon apartment, and we'll put elders there, Oh, we don't have enough. We're going to close that down, but we still paid the rent on it because, you know, every other transfer there was that extra set and that was the place that they would go. So it would just be open, close, open, close, open, close.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would say that if in some cases, maybe you had only one companionship per ward, maybe you do two. If there was a few branches, you maybe have uh, one one companionship cover the three instead of just the one. So yeah. Um, but there's some, I also noticed that there's some big, um, missions geographically that got divided and i think this will also help the mission presidents who have to constantly travel around um not have to travel around as much like the Moos, uh, missoula montana mission will be organized that that mission had all of montana and part of wyoming and so oh it won't my be gosh Hispanic anymore
0: also really?
1: yeah <laughs> it was one of the biggest missions in the united states
0: so so that that one so missoula is being created
1: yeah and divided and, from billings
0: okay oh my gosh yeah, and and just the yeah, just like you mentioned, the travel alone. But that six months of the year part of the country is like don't go anywhere. So now <laughs> you don't have to drive the, yeah. the crazy roads. And then I was interested to see El Paso as well. That's just was just a massive uh, mission.
1: Yeah, being divided from Albuquerque, so mm. that big part of Texas will be. Um... It's own mission. Salt Lake City, or no, sorry, uh, Charleston, uh, South Carolina. This is a new one, but it's basically going to take all the coastal Carolina stakes, probably. Um, Manaus, South Brazil. Um, basically, all the Amazon rainforest does its own mission. And mm-hmm. something like 13 stakes, really spread out. Um, so, yeah, this is it's a, definitely a good candidate for a division. Um, Cochabamba uh Bolivia South, La Serena, um, Chile, Tucumán. Tuka, Argentina, Mexicali, Mexico right there on the border and then um, in Africa and Madagascar, they're going to split the mission in two. So those are some, I guess some places where I saw that it's a huge mission geographically and it will probably help for administration to have it a little bit smaller. Uh,
0: it, it, uh, it strikes me that most of those are in uh, the you know, the American continent, North and South America. That that isn't the case other places. Just because that that infrastructure is probably already like that, or is it just like the structure of of those of those countries and and we sort of don't think of? Let me think about what I'm trying to say. Because like Europe, I guess we feel like is closer or smaller geographically, but you have these just big expanses of places in North and South America that we're like, yeah, divide that in half, and it's still twice as big as anything in Europe.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's
0: okay, good. Okay. Okay. And then uh, these new uh, missions for large populations. Exciting about this too.
1: Yeah. These will be places where there's a lot of just people that are members of the church and it will provide um, better access to reach those populations. Um, The mission in Thailand and Bangkok will split. The mission in in Cambodia will split. Um, Those are interesting because they have a very few amount of stakes. Cambodia only has two stakes and you're going to basically split the mission. One stake in the other and one stake Mm -hmm. in the
0: other. It's a competition. Uh, Head to head. Who can get the? Yeah.
1: Um, also kenya nairobi will split port Harcourt nigeria will split um they'll have the seventh mission in lima peru which is um the northeast mission the fourth one in dallas dallas south um the third one in the las vegas area henderson nevada um the third one in the dominican republic Santiago, uh, santo domingo mission on the north and then the west west in quito ecuador east puebla mexico um acrograna i think that's north and then kinsasha Democratic Republic of the Congo will be the third as well, um, in the south. So
0: So when we look at Lima, it's essentially like the eight directions. So there's just one <laughs> that, uh represented, right? There's the northeast.
1: Yeah, I think it's so there's north, northeast. North there's west. like north, north, west, south, east, central, and then there's one called Lima Tambo. Okay. Kind of out of the ordinary, but yeah.
0: Well, I think we should get it so it's all the dials, all the dials on the compass. <laughs> yeah uh, the lima northeast they're like yeah the lima north oh come on the lima <laughs> northwest yeah. uh i'm excited about all of the new missions in africa as well like this is where i feel like you know we're 450 now the 450 to 500 i think the majority of these will be divisions and and more specific attention paid on africa from 450 to 500
1: yeah these um there's a few missions being created in Africa that are kind of in outlying areas, places that haven't received a ton of attention, but will receive its own mission. So Bo um, Sierra Leone is a place that really quickly grew from just a few branches to three stakes. And so, um, and
0: there's a temple coming there,
1: correct? In, in Freetown in the capital, so okay. this is kind of a city that's outside of the capital. Um, Takoradi or Takoradi, Ghana. Um, there's, it's kind of over there by the Cape coast where there's just a temple announced, but it's kind of, in the southern part of the country. Uh Calabar, Nigeria as well. There's a temple announced there. Um, so that owns mission. And then in Democratic Republic of the Congo, the Kolwezi mission, which is like was a surprise for me because there's only one stake, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So it's gonna have a submission.
0: Well, they need the attention and they get so they can get a temple eventually uh, as well. Uh I know we've got a couple more missions that we're gonna talk about, but uh, a question strikes me: Are there any of these places where missions uh have been opened that you feel like, well, boy, this is the this is the Next step, right before we get a temple announced, there anything that is glaring as far as that goes?
1: Uh, yeah, a lot of these places there's been temples recently announced, recently dedicated, uh, or places I could see um temples pretty soon, like Bo Sierra Leone. I think those three stakes are enough for a temple. Okay, um, let's see, El Paso has been on my radar a lot, Me- Me- Mexicali, Mexico as well.
0: But El Paso didn't get a temple just now, other places in Texas did.
1: There's other places okay, place. yeah, yeah, come
0: on, El Paso. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah. yeah, let's see. There's probably some more. That
0: I this is heard. the kind of fun stuff that you'll be like, you know what? I spent the rest of my day looking into that and I've got the US updates for you, which is why I love that you do this uh, and and are able to share this stuff with me. The Utah missions, and I know that everyone listens to this worldwide that speaks English and understands, you know, you know what we're saying and all that kind of stuff. But I want to take this really Utah centric for a second. I was really surprised to see. The addition of a, a couple more than one Utah missions.
1: Yeah. So, the, we talk, already talked about Salt Lake City East will be reinstated after being discontinued, and then two new ones in Utah County. And so, the Utah Saratoga Springs mission and the Utah Spanish Fork mission, you might be called too soon. Um, basically, these are splitting the the ORM and the Provo missions that have, I think, like, Orem, the Provo mission has like 107 stakes. Sure. And ORM has something close to that as well. And so, there'll be probably a probably clean split on both of those um i heard that maybe there's a goal to have at least one companionship per stake in your is huge so but you think
0: about you think about that and you know the difference between like one companionship per ward which that was what it was like in cleveland uh huh you know and the stake that's anywhere between 9 and 12 wards and you know <laughs> people are still it's not good. seeing the missionaries that much but one companionship per stake uh, that's pretty significant so saratoga springs i imagine is going to take Everything like Eagle Mountain, that side of Utah Lake, that's that mission. And yeah. then I imagine Spanish Fork is everything beyond the Provo
1: city line. And it may go south, south. to like Manti, Split the St. George mission.
0: Okay, so Ma- so St. George comes up to Manti. Is that the only other mission in Utah is St. George?
1: To the south, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: Okay, well, that makes sense. Kind of that, what, what takes in like uh, places like Moab and... And some of those like Lake Powell, some of those, uh, those are the St. George missions. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I guess they could do like a, a Utah East. I don't know.
1: <laughs> like the Provo mission goes all the way to Vernal and uh, yeah. So, and Heber city.
0: So, hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I guess I could see is if they made a focus towards that and as growth continues something sort of there on the Eastern part. So you literally are just like Provo is Provo. Orem is Orem. And that takes up all of that side of Utah County and, And going down, but I, I I mean, that's pretty significant when you think about the growth of the church in Utah County and the specificity and directness that those mission presidents can have with those individual missionaries in that particular area. And, and think about all the members, member mission presidents that uh, Utah County has, you ever heard that joke before? Every member of mission
1: president. president? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Are you supposed to be doing that? Every member (laughs) of mission president.
1: There you go. That's that's fun. Uh
0: and then so think, uh, oh go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think I've mentioned all of them except the three new ones in the Philippines. Um so one of those that Tegu gorao is where a temple was recently announced. So um that will bring the number of missions in the Philippines up to twenty six. Wow. And then as we mentioned, the one in Brazil up to thirty seven, and then the one to New in Mexico will go up to thirty four. So those are the those are the countries with the most um missions outside the United States.
0: And uh, then you mentioned Matt Martinick. Tell people who that person is and why that's significant.
1: Yeah, he runs a, a blog called "The Growth of the Church of Latter Day Saints," and he he tried to analyze the claim that the reason why there's this all of a sudden this bump in missionaries is that there was maybe 20 years ago that the birth rates were higher. Mm-hmm. Um, there was kind of a bump, but uh, in his looking at the records, he can't really find a, a clear correlation, and it's kind of hard because people serve missions at different times. There was the COVID. Uh, but people put off missions, so um, not quite, there's not necessarily one reason why all of a sudden there's a lot of new missionaries. Um, it's kind of a lot of reasons that you can't pin down. Okay. So it's worth, okay. worth looking into.
0: Uh, and let me ask you this about Matt as well. Are you guys good friends? It seems like you guys would be like chatty Cathy friends, you know, hey, did you see this? And you kind of have these sort of like inside jokey things. Is that, is that all in my mind?
1: Uh, no, we don't talk. <laughs> I oh. just come. I just comment on his blog sometimes.
0: Okay, okay. I'm gonna make that connection because I feel like that's a friendship that needs to happen. Uh, all the links, by the way, for everything that we're talking about, available in the show notes. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're going to do uh, the actual Temple Ticker here in Articles of News. <laughs> Affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801 699 3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJInUtah.com. You're right, it's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a BestDJInUtah.com ad. And well, The wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really, because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you, uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jell-O Belt. Uh, You can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at bestdjinutah, and uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh Uh-huh. Go on. It's bestdjinutah.com, and and I'll give you a little hint. It, It also helps me to be able to do this, like financially, support the cultural hall through that, and you get something in return. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer, and they start at only twenty nine dollars a month. Check us out at PC Laptops. All right, here in the second half, we're going to get to the actual temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's why we would kind of call this a temple ticker most of the time. Corey K. Ward just talks about temples, but those missions were so exciting. We started with that first. Uh, I want to give the people what they want. And I would like to go to uh, our mailbox, our postal carrier, and address the things that people have wondered about the temples. There were a couple of questions uh, that people sent in contact at culturalhall.com One is about the Missoula, Montana temple, and one is about the Colorado Spring, Colorado temple. So let's go there.
1: Yeah. Uh, someone was wondering if there's any news about that. Temple that was announced in Missoula, Montana. Uh, Obviously, we just learned they're going to organize a mission there. Um, But I'm sorry, I really don't have anything for you. Um, I'm not Not, sure. No,
0: we don't know nothing.
1: (laughs) I don't know. um, The church has been really fast of announcing temples that are in in the United States where they're going to be located within maybe a year or so. They normally do that. The ones that in the United States kind of get right out of the gate. But this is the, I think the temple in the United States that's been announced the longest that doesn't have a site yet. So and I haven't heard any rumors. So
0: do you think Missoula cause Missoula, um, m- this is me projecting like Missoula. I feel like is a little bit like Cody, Wyoming. They're not similar in that. Um, you know, it's Wyoming and it's Montana. I recognize that they're different States, but these are going to be a smaller, tighter knit community. The attitude is sort of like a, Whoa. What's going on in my community kind of thing? Do you think it's something like that? Or am I just projecting all my Cody
1: angst? It could be. Um, it just could could be that they don't have a good site yet. And they're still looking for that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. Fair enough. If you know anything about that, contact the culturalhall.com You Missoula saints. Now you're getting your own mission. Tell us where the temple is going to be. And then uh, what was the, what was the question about the Colorado Springs temple?
1: Just also, if I've heard anything about it, where it's going and? to build. Um We'll go back to my, Mar- Matt Martinick who lives there. Uh, he tipped me off that there's a site um in the northern part of the city that's owned by the church. and um this week I went on the the property viewer that the city has. um and I did confirm that that's what the church owns. It's on it's kind of it's in the place called Northgate, um just off of Flying Horse Drive. So um yeah, there's about nine acres there that the church could theoretically build a temple, so nothing so, official,
0: nothing official heard it here first on the Cultural Halls temple ticker. On Flying Horse Drive. I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love,
0: I love the name of that. Uh, I, I also uh, was going to ask you, um, you sort of like the challenge that people give you with these kind of things, right? If people want to know this stuff, it makes it a little more personal, kind of a fun adventure. Or should I dissuade people from asking these questions? Uh, go ahead. Okay, cool. Just some, some things, things are, that are unanswerable, holler, though. Um, uh, and then uh, another thing that isn't on yours, and then I promise we'll get to your prepared temple things. I saw uh, an article. Did you know that uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints is the largest landowner of eleven states?
1: No, oh, I didn't know that many. Isn't they that it, But yeah,
0: of eleven states, we are the largest landowner, and. Let's get a little nerdy, because I, I don't know why this article in particular popped up. Um, we shared it via our uh, our Facebook, where we shared lots of news. Facebook.com forward slash The Cultural Hall, or you can just search The Cultural Hall on Facebook. But the church owns 690,000 acres of Florida. And, ready math nerds, come with me on this journey. The article that I read said that uh, it is on average, an acre of land in Florida. So recognize that there are some that are above and some that are al- below that are about to come at me for this uh, thing that I just want to share perspective. If we own 690,000 acres at an average of 30,000 acres, we, owe, we own alone in the state of Florida, $20 billion worth of land. Oh, I I just think that that's interesting. There will be people that will be like, what, shouldn't we own the land? Do you not want God to have farms when people? No, I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying that we should or that we shouldn't. I just think that it's an interesting perspective to go, okay, wow, 690,000 acres, first of all. And then second of all, $20 billion, that's, that's a significant amount of money and thing. And then the other thing that this, and I think why this article was coming out is, uh, uh, I think like 50,000 of the acres, the church has been like, we're going to build daybreak East. And it's this massive planned community where there's some opposition to it because, you know, there it's some rurality, and uh, you know whether or not they're going to have the resources and the infrastructure and all this stuff. But but the supposition is is that we're just going to be like, if we build it, they will come, come buy the land in this in this place, and and let's take these fifty thousand acres and make like a super community.
1: Yeah, that's certainly how things are going. Um, it's very profitable to convert farmland to development. So,
0: yeah, wild though, isn't it? Isn't it just? A, it, <laughs> It, to me, when I heard the the number of the 11 states, I thought that was significant. Uh, and then to know that it's, you know, almost three quarters of a million acres in one particular state. And it's not like it's a, it, it's not a, a state that we talk about a lot, right? Like uh, Missouri. Okay, everyone I think <laughs> would be like, yes, of course. Of course, yeah. we do. We, we are, we're gonna go back there. We have to have the state. Or Utah, it's like, of course, we homesteaded it. We didn't have to pay for it. We got it all when we came there, right? But some of these other things, I go, ah, okay, I didn't know that. That's significant.
1: That's yeah. All. I'll link to the show notes. The Salt Lake did an investigation of this, I think, last year, and they did a have a big map of all of the properties of the church in the United States.
0: So. Yeah, but it is incomplete.
1: You know, it is incomplete though. But it's you
0: know that that's not all that they've got. Something.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: now may we address temples and take us, please, to Lima, Peru, Los Olivos, Olivos.
1: Yeah, Lima Furulos Levos Temple, it opened up to the media this week. Um, it's going to have an open house starting uh, tomorrow, going toward, through December 9th, a good four-week open house. Um, this is the third city in the world to have two temples within its city boundaries. Um, yeah. First one was South Jordan, Utah, then Provo, Utah. Um, in a few months, it'll be followed by St. George, which will have another temple and then other temples uh will be dedicated in Guatemala City, Sao Paulo, Mexico City and Santiago Chile. So these are just cities that have um the the two temples in their in their boundaries. So there's other places that have like at least two temples in the metro area um but this is like the political boundaries of the city.
0: Yeah, cuz you also consider like Draper is to South Jordan as Ochre Mountain is to Salt. Yeah. So you got some places like that. Uh and then I also think about like uh Las Vegas will be another place and I'm sure that there's other places that as we think about all that President Nelson has dedicated those are just like the next five but this will be a much more common occurrence
1: yeah Las Vegas is a little bit different because uh the Las Vegas temple is in Clark County and then the new temple in Lone Mountain will be in the Las Vegas city itself Uh a little bit different see
0: see (laughs) you're like uh that's nice that you think that but actually that's not what that is okay uh and it, it seems large that there's 49 stakes. In the metro area, but that—that's for the the uh, various temples that are there. That's not just this one particular temple district.
1: No, yeah, this is for the whole city. Yeah, the two temples will share all the stakes. There's 49 stakes in the Lima metro area. We talked about that. There's going to be seven missions, so like seven stakes per mission. Um, so this will be the second temple. Um, the first one is in the La Molina neighborhood. This one's in the San Martin de Portes neighborhood. Um, interestingly, there is a neighborhood called Los Olivos, but the temple's not there. So <laughs> my Pepeo always naming temples out of cities that they aren't in. Yep, it's true yep. again. <laughs> but they put some olive trees in the in the gardens, so it's all good. Is that what good. Los
0: Olivos means? That is okay. Okay. I thought it meant not in the city of Los Olivos That's what that uh, translated loosely, but it, I guess it's not. Uh it's a large it seemed I clicked on the thing and seemed like I'm like, that's a that is a big old temple.
1: Yeah, um definitely turns in Latin America. It's one of the biggest temples. Um two story forty seven thousand or forty seven thousand square feet. Um it's a white granite temple, kind of an art deco design. Um, it was interesting because when they released this design, it was the first kind of large temple not to have an injomoroni. In many decades, and so um, that, this kind of started a trend where Moroni was missing. Um, at the time, I, there's a an interview with uh, there's a or there's an organization called Mosfei that's a, basically a church um, positive media place that kind of does independent journalism. Um, and they or, they talked to two temple architects that came down to Lima to kind of at, present the temple. Um, at the time the guy said that Black Moroni was because there wasn't going to be a tower on the temple. Mm-hmm. and he said they didn't want to put a tower because the temple looked um, kind of too tall next to the other buildings that were around it. They called it like a semi-urban feel. and so they just decided that the tower wasn't appropriate in the area and that they would have a flat roof, kind of in the style of the Cardston uh, Lahay Mesa temples um, earlier in the 19- in the 18th century.
0: And the people of Cody are like, "Come on, they're doing it in Lima. Why do we need a power <laughs> in Cody?" But this is
1: this is two stories, so it's a little yeah. bit taller than the, the Cody one. But they said it's kind of that harkens back to the Solomon Temple style. So
0: yeah, I like I I like I like this kind of when I think of the temples, I really like the very much like the Laie, the Mesa, the cardstone. I like that look for some reason. I, also I think this is what they're going for. Yeah, the Spanish. I also like the Spanish design that you get of, like, some of the California ones and some of those. I like those, too, but, you know, they're, they're sometimes, even though, and don't get at me, everyone, like, I love the San Diego Temple, but they're very much, to me, sometimes I'm like, that is how people in, in, in Southern California, where they're like, oh, yeah, Joseph Smith's Magic Kingdom, like... <laughs> I mean, it very, do, it very much does feel like this yeah, kind of thing, which I love. And it's beautiful pictures. And I go every time I go there and I feel a spirit and it's going to great. None of the things, but I do think that there, there is very much a different feel when we're like grandiose and simple, you know, the temple that has some architecture that or architecture that leads back to, you know, some things that we read in the Bible and, you know, some of these other things, I guess I'm just saying there's a place for all of it in my mind.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think it does fit well in the neighborhood. It's still very noticeable, so it's not yes. like it, it blends in. Um, they put all the parking underground so that it has plenty of room for gardens. And then they have two housing facilities right there so that you can stay while you're going to the temple. Yeah, that's um, the, the site was where they had a meeting house and an institute building. So um, those two things were demolished when they built the temple. Um, we saw the interior photos of the temple for the first time. Um, I really like the baptismal font. Um, from what I can tell, it's the first baptismal font that's perfectly square. As it should be. Uh, <laughs> as it should be. A lot of round ones in the church, but also a lot of like hexagons and octagons. And as far as I can tell, this is the first one that's a perfect square.
0: Hmm. I wonder if there's anything to that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I just, I wonder, <laughs> you know, it, we we seem to be a, a group of people who do things very intentionally. And I wonder if, you know, there's something, you know there's a grid system in that town, the The temple is square because <laughs> of this. You know, some sort of nod to something is why we did that.
1: Yeah, throughout the temple and in the stained glass, you see the um, cantuta flower, which is just kind of like a climbing trumpet. I guess it's the national flower of Peru. You see that a lot um, all around the temple, and then you have like tendrils climbing up, which are like um, vines that climb up um, different surfaces all around the temple. That's kind of the Design. You also have a lot of uh, olive branches that you see in the ceilings and everything. You really have some cool pink flower accents on the ceiling in the special room and the ceiling rooms. And there's a really cool uh, central staircase right in the middle of the temple.
0: Hmm. So. I love it. I love it. Uh, Vina del Mar. Why do I know Vina del Mar, Chile? Is that a uh, like a vacation spot? Is that a in a something like um, a movie or <laughs>
1: I don't know. It is. Know what like, it is probably. Yeah, if you're gonna to go to Chile on vacation, this is probably one of the top spots to
0: go. Okay, to. maybe that's all it is. Just a, it is the place to go.
1: Uh, we, I mean, talked a lot about this temple when it was announced because it was only announced a month ago. Um, but we learned that the temple will be built in downtown Vina Del Mar. Um, it's the current place where the Vina Del Mar Steak Center and Mission Office is located. So, a lot of I've I know a missionary that went there. He knew exactly where it was. It's where the mission office is. Um, interesting. It's right next to the Museo de Artes Decorativas Palacio Rioja. So um, it's one of the top, I guess, uh, museums Mm -hmm. in the city. Um, The city has a nice um, heritage of of French arist, er, uh, aristocracy, and French architecture. So I think if the if they just copied the design of this museum and and made it the temple, that would be good.
0: Yeah, is that a strong suggestion? Is that what I heard? (laughs) Maybe. Guys, if, guys, you don't listen, save a little money on your architecture. Just make it look like that building over there. Do that. You know, interesting that museum also, you can see a shrunken head.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. what who is it up?
0: Oh, I, I don't know. It just says in the in the very quick Google search that I was able to do about this. It said the museum features stone moi sculptures and Easter Isle, uh, from Easter Island and shrunken heads. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to see a shrunken head and do baptisms for the dead, hey, that rhymes. Wait until the Vina del Mar temple opens. It's a gorgeous city. My goodness. Just clicking through some pictures. That that, that might might be a thing. Babe, listen, uh, we got to go. It's a temple. I, I, I know it's a beautiful town, but we're going for the temple. Let's head down there. It's absolutely just a stunning, stunning, stunning place. Uh, you know, also stunning, Winchester, Virginia. <laughs>
1: Sorry. right. Uh, just as a follow-up, we already talked about that they announced the site, but the local media um, looked up the purchase. They said the purchase was just for just under $10 million. So if you're curious of how much a temple site costs, something around there.
0: Hmm. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan.
1: Yeah, we also got to see um, what that temple is going to look like. Um, it's kind of a simple white granite design. Um, it is of this footprint, this 20,000-foot um, footprint, um, square foot footprint. This is the first temple in the United States that's going to have this design. Um this design's been used a lot in Africa, hmm. and a little bit in Latin America. So this will be the first one in the United States like this.
0: Uh you put in the show notes that it's a former Christ Community Church, not Community of Christ Church.
1: <laughs> exactly. Not our cousins, but um just a local evangelical church that the, um I guess the church bought and they're going to tear that down and build the temple. So
0: It's a uh, cousin once removed.
1: Maybe. <laughs> Level farther back than the community of christ, but yeah.
0: Uh and then uh temple presidency announced. I thought this was significant.
1: Yeah. Um normally when a new temple gets a temple president announced, um it's you know within if you know, some months of dedication. So the Desert Peak Utah Temple now has a temple president and matron. They're from Grantsville. Um Kenneth Hale and Jenny Hale.
0: Any um, relation to the Hale Center Theater folks for people in Utah? Do we know?
1: Not that I can tell. He did. He was a general contractor for Hale Construction. Mm-hmm. So they probably have done work workout for Utah.
0: He's like, I did, I did the outside of the temple, now I'm <laughs> Here we that's go. Right. Uh, when does that temple, that temple hasn't dedicated to open any of that kind of stuff. Do we have an idea? Obviously, with the temple presidency, we know that that's coming close.
1: I know, but it's getting closer because they've started to put on the exterior lights, mm-hmm. test those and everything. So it looks, you know, it's getting finished. They probably still have interior work to do. But yeah, within six months, maybe.
0: Okay, okay. Jeez, Utah, we're just doing it. And then uh, construction and approval news. Let's go here.
1: Yeah, um, Uber Valley, Utah Temple has been um, going through the, the legal mechanisms. Um, a lawsuit was uh, dismissed by the court um, from the Dark Skies group. Um, so that's not going to go any further. They may try something else. Um, also, the manager of Wasatch County said that we didn't give any special treatment to the temple. In fact, we probably gave more scrutiny to the temple, hmm. um, considering all the public in, um, interest of what it is. So um, he's saying, you know, whenever there's a grocery store, or everything or anything big built like that, we look at the lighting. We look at the the water being pumped out of the area. It's all pretty similar issues. But for some reason, because it's a temple, a lot of people are are more invested in it. So sure,
0: they're heightened and that makes sense. Because people don't want to feel like they're being taken advantage of or bullied or anything like that, that makes sense to me.
1: That's going to be a landmark that changes the, um, the skyline of Hebrew. Yeah. So, um, they had a meeting last night on November eighth, and the county council unanimously approved the temple. So, it looks like it's going forward to construction.
0: It's done, but well, not done. <laughs> <laughs> but fights are over, maybe for the most part. Yeah. See interesting yeah. interesting well it is uh the temple ticker uh Cory K Ward uh people have found fascination with the uh, the facebook uh page that you do tell people about that the chapels of the daily chapel your your worshipping to tell people where they can find that
1: uh yeah it's latter day saint chapels around the world daily uh i just like to see like what, you know, what Mormonism looks like around the world. And so the physical manifestation of it is in the meeting houses. And so it's just really interesting to see um, what they look like around the world.
0: Now, as part of that, do you ever leave reviews for the church houses? Because those are some of my favorite things to read. (laughs) Have you ever read those? The Google reviews for chapels?
1: Yeah, I have.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you should make that a part of your uh, mission work. Not only do you share, but you also have like a grading system and you leave that in the Google review for that particular <laughs> house.
1: Okay, I'll think about it.
0: <laughs> no, you won't. I love it. Uh Corey K. Ward, uh contact the Cultural Hall.com if you have questions that you would like him to investigate. Um, we probably get a couple weeks, I guess, of not being able to visit with you. We've sort of, unless the church drops something on us um that we feel is super overwhelming we'll have you back again in the future maybe some development with Cody I'm searching down the city manager of Cody Wyoming to try and be on an episode Uh, Just to give uh, a boots on the ground kind of perspective of like, this is what it's like being here, being in this uh, situation. So we'll see if we can't get into Cody and talk to someone about that temple up there. Maybe something about the Heber City Temple, though it sounds like it's at rest now. Um, We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And I'm doing all the things. Why did I do that?
1: And that when the time comes, they'll be able to travel home in safety.
0: In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast we will be saving a seat for you.
1: On the back row. Of the, the cultural hall.
0: Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the cultural hall show.